The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Happy Thursday to you. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2022, Thursday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's Liturgical Year C, Cycle 2. Thursday is a day to pray the luminous mysteries of the Rosary. And today is the optional memorial of the first martyrs of the Church of Rome. Now, there were Christians in Rome within about a dozen years after the death of Jesus. And probably as a result of controversy between Jews and Jewish Christians, the Emperor Claudius expelled all Jews from Rome around 49 to 50 AD. Now, many came back after Claudius' death in 54 AD, and then in July of 64 AD, more than half of Rome was destroyed by fire. Rumor blamed the tragedy on Nero. He shifted the blame by accusing the Christians. Many Christians were put to death in A.D. 64. First martyrs of the Church of Rome, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Eternal Father, I offer you everything I do this day, my work, my prayers, my apostolic efforts, my time with family and friends, my hours of relaxation, my difficulties, problems, distress, which I shall try to bear with patience. Join these, my gifts, to the unique offering which Jesus Christ, your Son, renews today in the Eucharist. Grant, I pray, that vivified by the Holy Spirit and united to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, my life this day may be of service to you and your children and help consecrate the world to you. Amen. We join Pope Francis in praying for Christian families around the world. May they embody and experience unconditional love and advance in holiness in their daily lives. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Lord Jesus, in today's Gospel, we see you in your role as Savior. The word for Savior in the New Testament Greek is soter. And soter is healer. It's one who returns others to wholeness, to soundness. Our English word salvation and savior have the Latin root of salus. And salus precisely means health or well-being. And so Jesus, as savior, you are someone who brings us to both spiritual and at times also to physical health. And we see Jesus in both these roles in today's gospel, a very beautiful and striking passage. And behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on his bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. 
And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. This man is blaspheming. In a parallel passage, the scribes and Pharisees say to themselves, Who can forgive sins but God alone? How can he tell this paralytic that his sins are forgiven, being just a man, being just like us? And of course, Jesus, the answer is that this is a revelation of your divinity, that they're right, only God can forgive sins, but you are God, and therefore you have the power on earth to forgive sins. But it's striking, isn't it, that Jesus sees this paralytic and eventually he cures his physical ailment. But the first thing he does is cure his spiritual ailment, is forgive his sins. Saints have likened sin to a spiritual illness, a spiritual leprosy. Sin disfigures our soul by breaking our relationship with God. It mars the image of God in us. It blocks up the beautifying channels of grace. It strikes out against the health and well-being of the soul. And if sin is illness and disfigurement, lack of wholeness, well then forgiveness, the, the mercy of God that we have in confession, is healing and wellness and return to good functioning and unity. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. Jesus, your miracles are signs, pointers of your divinity, and yet we still have to believe that you're divine, to use the miracles to push us to that belief, that trust in your divinity, that you are both God and man. And as Savior, Lord, it's interesting in this passage that you put the spiritual health of this man first. First you forgive his sins, and then as a further sign of your power, you heal his physical malady. You cure him of his paralysis. And isn't it true, Lord, that at times we get the order confused? We put our physical well-being, our physical health, many times before our spiritual health. We can be very careful to avoid certain foods, to avoid certain excesses, to make sure we take all of our vitamins and supplements, to make sure that we go to the doctor regularly, to have all of our boosters and vaccines and et cetera, et cetera, the right diet, the right amount of exercise. We can be very fastidious about our physical health. And yet at the same time, Lord, we can be kind of negligent about our spiritual health, having small or large habits of venial sin, drifting perhaps some of us periodically into more grave mortal sins, not protecting our soul with a fight against occasions of sin, kind of drifting in and out of occasions of sin needlessly, not fighting to acquire the opposite virtues of the vices that and besiege us, beleaguer our soul. In so many ways, Lord, we are less 
fastidious and less caring, careful of our spiritual health than we are many times of our, of our physical health. And this is the opposite of our Lord. He says, don't be afraid of him who can kill the body. Rather be afraid of him who can cast body and soul into hell. The, the health of the soul is so much more important to our ultimate salvation of both body and soul, to our ultimate health, both spiritual and bodily, in heaven, in the resurrection. And so, Lord, help us to get this straight. Help us not to overvalue bodily health, Jesus, as you healed this man's soul first, and only after hearing, healing his soul by forgiving his sins do you heal his body. This reminds me of a, a saying, in, at least in America, people say, well, if you don't have your health, what do you have? And of course, you're talking about their bodily health, right? If you don't have your health, what do you have? Which means that, well, sickness is the greatest possible evil and death is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And all of that is, if you're a Christian, it's just patently false that death is not the end for us. Death will lead to the resurrection and to heaven. And death is an entrance into eternity where God awaits us. And if we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, we use the means to let him save us, the sacraments and sorrow for our sins, confession, the Eucharist, prayer, good works done in charity. We have this great hope that through death and before death comes some sort of ill health, <laughs> uh, even if you die instantly, right, there's something wrong with your body in that process of dying. Well, we believe that even through illness and death, we will come to a good end. So it's just simply not true that if we don't have our health, we have nothing, or that death is the greatest evil, physical death is the greatest evil to be feared. It's simply not true for a Christian. This reminds me of a um, of uh, a Brit who was in America for much of his life, and he was very droll, and he was uh, a kind of a keen cultural critic of uh, American habits and and ways of living and thinking. And at one point he said, he said, the American dream is to die healthy, <laughs> which I thought, I always thought that was wonderfully, wonderfully witty, right? The American dream is to die healthy, right? We put all of this effort into being in shape and to be in being free from illness, free from any physical ailment or suffering. And yet in the end, we're going to die anyway, whether we like it or not. So Jesus, help us to learn from this passage, to put our spiritual health first. Of course, we take care of our, our physical health. We take care of our physical well-being. Our physical life is a gift from God. But first things first. First, my relationship with you, Lord. First, the health of my soul, Jesus. First, I look at whether I'm protecting my soul enough against spiritual leprosy against spiritual viruses against those occasions of sin into which i sometimes drift aimlessly without any thought or purpose or reason to do so first i look lord jesus at the health and the immune system of my soul and then as part of that i also take care of my body for you and for for your great glory so there Savior, he who makes whole. We go to Our Lady. Our Lady is like 
any mother, when 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 a mother's children are in ill health, she nurses them back to health and she brings them to the doctor. She gets them the medicines and the cures that they need, the care that they need, the medical care that they need. And so Our Lady is just like that. She sees us ailing in our sinfulness and she'll push us along to the doctor, the priest in confession, who represents the great physician, the divine healer, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lady, health of the sick, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour on Daybreak. It's Daybreak for Thursday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time, June 30th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. We join the whole church in prayer now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And And my my mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship the Lord. The Lord is our God. Come, let us worship the Lord. The Lord is our God. O God, be gracious and bless us, and let your face shed its light upon us. So will your ways be known upon earth. And all nations learn your saving help. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Let the nations be glad and exult, for you rule the world with justice. With fairness you rule the peoples, you guide the nations on earth. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. The earth has yielded its fruit, for God our God has blessed us. May God still give us his blessing, till the ends of the earth revere him. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God.
word of the Lord is a strong shield for all who put their trust in him. The word word of the Lord is a strong shield for all who put their trust in him. As for God, his ways are perfect. The word of the Lord, purest gold. He indeed is the shield of all who make him their refuge. For who is God but the Lord? Who is a rock but our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes the path safe before me. My feet you made swift as the deer's. You have made me stand firm on the heights. You have trained my hands for battle and my arms to bend the heavy bow. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. The word word of the Lord is a strong shield for for all who put their trust in him. Your strong right hand has upheld me, Lord. Your Your strong right hand has upheld me, Lord. You gave me your saving shield. You upheld me, trained me with care. You gave me freedom for my steps. My feet have never slipped. I pursued and overtook my foes, never turning back till they were slain. I smote them so they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You girded me with strength for battle. You made my enemies fall beneath me. You made my foes take flight. Those who hated me, I destroyed. They cried, but there was no one to save them. They cried to the Lord, but in vain. I crushed them fine as the dust before the wind, trod them down like dirt in the streets. You saved me from the feuds of the people and put me at the head of the nations. People unknown to me served me. When they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreign nations came to me cringing. Foreign nations faded away. They came trembling out of their strongholds. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. Amen. Your Your strong right hand has upheld me, Lord. May the living God, my Savior, be praised forever. May May the living God, my Savior, be praised forever. Long life to the Lord, my rock. Praised be the God who saves me, the God who gives me redress and subdues people under me. You saved me from my furious foes. You set me above my assailants. You saved me from violent men. So I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing a psalm to your name. He has given great victories to his king and shown his love for his anointed, for David and his sons forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. 
Lord God, our strength and salvation, put in us the flame of your love and make our love for you grow to a perfect love which reaches to our neighbor. May May the the living God, my my Savior, be praised forever. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see the wonders of your law. From the second book of Samuel. David again assembled all the picked men of Israel, 30,000 in number. Then David and all the people who were with him set out for Baalah of Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of hosts enthroned above the cherubim. The Ark of God was placed on a new cart and taken away from the house of Abinadab on the hill. Uzzah and Aho sons of Abinadab, guided the cart, while Ahio walked before it, while David and all the Israelites made merry before the Lord with all their strength, with singing and with citharas, harps, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nodan, Uzzah reached out his hand to the ark of God and steadied it, for the oxen were making it tip. But the Lord was angry with Uzzah. God struck him on that spot, and he died there before God. David was disturbed because the Lord had vented his anger on Uzzah. The place has been called Perez Uzzah down to the present day. David feared the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not have the ark of the Lord brought to him in the city of David, but diverted it to the house of Obedidam, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidam, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed Obedidam and his whole house. When it was reported to King David that the Lord had blessed the family of Obedidam and all that belonged to him, David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obedidam into the city of David amid festivities. As soon as the bearers of the ark of the Lord had advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. Then David, girt with a linen apron, came dancing before the Lord with abandon, as he and all the Israelites were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy to the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter Michael looked down through the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. The ark of the Lord was brought in and set in its place within the tent David had pitched for it. Then David offered holocausts and peace offerings before the Lord. When he finished making these offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. He then distributed among all the people to each man and each woman in the entire multitude of Israel a loaf of bread a cut of roast meat, and a raisin cake. With this, all the people left for their homes. When David returned to bless his own family, Saul's daughter Michael came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel was honored himself today, exposing himself to the view of slave girls of his followers, as a commoner might do. But David replied to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord, 
As the Lord lives, who preferred me to your father and his whole family when he appointed me commander of the Lord's people, Israel, not only will I make merry before the Lord, but I will demean myself even more. I will be lowly in your esteem, but in the esteem of the slave girls you spoke of, I will be honored. And so Saul's daughter, Michael, was childless to the day of her death. The word of the Lord. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your power. May May your your priests be clothed with virtue, and may your saints shout for joy. Lift up your heads, O gates. Rise up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. May your priests be clothed with virtue, and may your saints shout for joy. A reading from a sermon on Psalm 41, addressed to the newly baptized by St. Jerome, priest. As the deer longs for running water, so my soul longs for you, my God. Just as the deer longs for running water, so do our newly baptized members, our young deer, so to speak, also yearn for God. By leaving Egypt and the world, They have put Pharaoh and his entire army to death in the waters of baptism. After slaying the devil, their hearts long for the springs of running water in the church. These springs are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah testifies that the Father is like a fountain when he says, They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to dig for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In another passage, we read about the sun. They have forsaken the fountain of wisdom. And again, John says of the Holy Spirit, Whoever drinks the water I will give him, that water shall become in him a fountain of water, springing up into eternal life. The evangelist explains that the Savior said this of the Holy Spirit. The testimony of these texts establishes beyond doubt that the three fountains of the church constitute the mystery of the Trinity. These are the waters that the heart of the believer longs for. These are the waters that the heart of the newly baptized yearns for when he says, My heart thirsts for God, the living fountain. This is not a weak, faint desire to see God. Rather, the newly baptized actually burn with desire and thirst for God. Before they received baptism, they used to ask one another, When shall I go and see the face of God? Now their quest has been answered. They have come forward and they stand in the presence of God. They have come before the altar and have looked upon the mystery of the Savior. Having received the body of Christ and being reborn in the life-giving waters, they speak up boldly and say, I shall go into God's marvelous dwelling place, His house. The house of God is the church, His marvelous dwelling place, filled with joyful voices, giving thanks and praise, filled with all the sounds of festive celebration. This is the way you should speak, you newly baptized, For you have now put on Christ. Under our guidance, 
By the word of God, you have been lifted out of the dangerous waters of this world like so many little fish. In us, the nature of things has been changed. Fish taken out of the sea die. But the apostles have fished for us and have taken us out of the sea of this world so that we could be brought from death to life. As long as we were in the world, our eyes looked down into the abyss, and we lived in filth. After we were rescued from the waves, we began to look upon the sun and look up to the true light. Confused in the presence of so much joy, we say, Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him in the presence of my Savior and my God. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, that I I may dwell dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I might contemplate the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His temple, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Let us pray. O God, who through the grace of adoption chose us to be children of light, grant, we pray, that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 24 minutes before the hour on Thursday, June 30th, 2022, Thursday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. Today's Gospel is coming right up on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Thursday, June 30th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord heals a crippled man. And of course, the scribes want nothing to do with it. It's from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on his bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, And you'll find all of the daily and Sunday Mass readings on the Relevant Radio app. When the city of Rome burned in 64 AD, Nero used the Christians as scapegoats and executed many. We celebrate their martyrdom today. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 6, Special Feasts. 
first Christians often came up against serious obstacles and misunderstandings, which in not a few cases led to their death for defending their faith in the Master. Today we celebrate the testimony of the first Roman martyrs whose execution was the result of the burning of Rome in the year 64. This catastrophe provided the excuse for the first great persecution. To St. Peter and St. Paul, whose feast we celebrated yesterday, were added a great number of chosen ones who, having undergone many sufferings and torments out of envy, were the best model among us, as we read in a vivid account to be found among the earliest Christian writings. The obstacles and misunderstandings encountered by those who had been converted did not inevitably lead them to martyrdom but they often experienced in their lives what the words of the Holy Spirit warn us of in Scripture. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Sometimes the pagans' antagonism to the followers of Christ arose because they could not bear the rich fruitfulness and splendor of devotion in the Christian life. At other times it arose because those who had received the faith had the duty of abstaining from the traditional religious ceremonial which was closely bound up with public life and was even considered a test of loyalty, an open and formal proof of civic faithfulness to Rome and to the emperor. Consequently, the pagans who embraced Christianity laid themselves open to misunderstandings and slanderous attacks for not conforming, for not being like the others. It is unlikely that God will ask us to shed our blood in order to confess the Christian faith, although if God were to allow such a trial, we would ask him for the grace to enable us to give our lives in testimony of our love for him. We will, however, in one way or another, meet all kinds of adversity, for being with Jesus means we shall most certainly come upon his cross. When we abandon ourselves into God's hands, he frequently permits us to taste sorrow, loneliness, opposition, slander, defamation, ridicule, coming from both within and from outside his church. This is because he wants to mold and form us into his own image and likeness. He even tolerates our being called lunatics and allows us, if we will, to be taken for fools. This is the way Jesus fashions the souls of those he loves while at the same time never failing to give them inner calm and joy. Slander, perhaps seeing doors to promotion closed against us at work, friends or workmates who turn their backs on us, sarcastic remarks or derogatory words. If God allows them, we have to make use of such contradictions in order to live charity in a more heroic way, precisely with those very people who do not have any respect for us, perhaps out of inculpable ignorance. Our attitude can always include a just defense when necessary, especially when we have to avoid the possibility of scandal or of injury being caused to third persons. Such situations will be a great help in enabling us to cleanse ourselves of our own sins and faults, to make reparation for those of others, and finally to grow in virtue and in love of God. God sometimes wants to purify us like gold in the crucible. Fire cleans gold from the dross, freeing it from impurities and greatly enhancing its value. God does the same with the good servant who hopes and who remains constant in the midst of tribulation. If contradictions lie in our way and troubles beset us because we follow Jesus closely, 
We have then to be especially cheerful and give thanks to God who makes us worthy to suffer something for him as the apostles did. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. The apostles would doubtless have remembered the words of the Master, just as we meditate on them today during this feast of the holy Roman martyrs of the first generation. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes before the hour, let's pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Awake, lyre and harp, with praise let us awake the dawn. Awake, lyre and harp, with praise let us awake the dawn. Have mercy on me, God, have mercy, for in you my soul has taken refuge. In the shadow of your wings I take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I call to God the Most High, to God who has always been my help. May he send from heaven and save me, and shame those who assail me. May God send us his truth and his love. My soul lies down among lions who would devour the sons of men. Their teeth are spears and arrows, their tongue a sharpened sword. O God, arise above the heavens. May your glory shine on earth. They laid a snare for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my path, but fell in it themselves. My heart is ready, O God, my heart is ready. I will sing I will sing your praise. Awake, my soul. Awake, lyre and harp. I will awake the dawn. 
I will thank you, Lord, among the peoples, among the nations, I will praise you, for your love reaches to the heavens and your truth to the skies. O God, arise above the heavens, may your glory shine on earth. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was in the beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, send your mercy and your truth to rescue us from the snares of the devil, and we will praise you among the peoples and proclaim you to the nations, happy to be known as companions of your Son. Awake, lyre and harp, with praise let us awake the dawn. My people, says the Lord, will be filled with my blessings. My people, says the Lord, will be filled with my blessings. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it on distant coasts and say, He who scattered Israel now gathers them together. He guards them as a shepherd his flock. The Lord shall ransom Jacob. He shall redeem him from the hand of his conqueror. Shouting, they shall mount the heights of Zion. They shall come streaming to the Lord's blessings, the grain, the wine and the oil, the sheep and the oxen, They themselves shall be like watered gardens. Never again shall they languish. Then the virgins shall make merry and dance, and young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will console and gladden them after their sorrows. I will lavish choice portions upon the priests, and my people shall be filled with my blessings, says the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. My people, says the Lord, will be filled with my blessings. The Lord is great and worthy to be praised in the city of our God. The Lord is great and worthy to be praised in the city of our God. The Lord is great and worthy to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain rises in beauty, the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion, true pole of the earth, the great king's city. God, in the midst of his citadels, has shown himself its stronghold. For the kings assembled together. Together they advanced. They saw... At once they were astounded. Dismayed, they fled in fear. A trembling seized them there, like the pangs of birth. By the east wind you have destroyed the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so we have seen, in the city of our God, in the city of the Lord of hosts, which God upholds forever. O God, we ponder your love within your temple. Your praise, O God, like your name, reaches to the ends of the earth. With justice your right hand is filled. Mount Zion rejoices. The people of Judah rejoice at the sight of your judgments. Walk through Zion. Walk all round it. Count the number of its towers. 
Review all its ramparts, examine its castles, that you may tell the next generation that such is our God, our God forever and always. It is He who leads us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Father, the body of your risen Son is the temple not made by human hands and the defending wall of the new Jerusalem. May this holy city built of living stones shine with spiritual radiance and witness to your greatness in the sight of all nations. The Lord is great and worthy to be praised in this city of our God. A reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, The heavens are my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house can you build for me? What is to be my resting place? My hand made all these things when all of them came to be, says the Lord. This is the one whom I approve, the lowly and afflicted man who trembles at my word. The Word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. From the depths of my heart I cry to you, hear me, O Lord. From, From the, the depths, depths of my heart I, I cry, cry to you, hear me, me, O Lord. I will do what you desire, hear, hear, me, hear me, O Lord. Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. From, From the, the depths, depths of my heart I cry, I cry to you, hear, hear me, me, O Lord. Let us serve the Lord in holiness, and he will save us from our enemies. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Let us serve the Lord in holiness, and he will save us from our enemies. The Lord Jesus Christ has given us the light of another day. In return... We thank him as we cry out, Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. 
Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. You offered yourself in sacrifice for our sins. Accept our intentions and our work today. Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. You bring us joy by the light of another day. Let the morning star rise in our hearts. Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. Give us strength to be patient with those we meet today. And so imitate you. Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. Make us aware of your mercy this morning, Lord. And let your strength be our delight. Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. Gathering our prayers and praises into one, let us offer the prayer Christ himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful and ever-living God, at morning, noon, and evening we pray. Cast out from our hearts the darkness of sin and bring us to the light of your truth. Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. It's another new day. Like I say, keep on praying. Morning air is coming up with John and Glenn in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid a bit later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out and make it a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.